Pastor Wayne. <clears throat> yeah, there was uh, no hesitation when Wayne said, hey, I'm going to a conference on November 15th. Would you like to share? And I said, I would love to share. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 13. Now, I'm going to begin with two statements. Um, number one, uh, after the message this morning, Mr. Thompson, Keith jabbed me in the ribs and said something along the lines of, try and follow that. <laughs> or, or, or good luck following that. Well, um, it's a good thing we're family, Keith, because we get to choose our friends. <laughs> and, and the second thing, Mr. Thompson, being a farm boy and, and limited, what does the D and the M-I-N stand for after your name? Doctor of Ministry. Okay, I wasn't sure of that. Those are things that uh, I guess we learn as we go. <laughs> All right. Well, as life gets busier... I love how God takes the time to stop us from our busy schedule. Um, I know I found myself in a rapid whirlwind over the course of this past year. And it, it's growth and it's stretching and, and it's, it's finding belonging and finding placement. And as, as Wayne said, God has parked me here. And uh, I'm going to share a, a few things about my, about my life. I, I'm not going to share my testimony I'm going to leave it up to you guys to come to me afterwards. I think they're, um, the decisions I make and the things I, I, I live by and the things that I, I stand by are very evident. And that's our testimony, right? When we decide that this is who we are and this is who God has made us. There are details about my life that uh, grace has taken care of. I have, I have confessed them and God has, God has buried those. And I thank him every day for that. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. We, uh, we were given at the men's prayer meeting a list of Mr. Thompson there to kind of look over and prepare, and, and that had me pondering. It's been a thing of late, as we study through Ephesians with Dr. Doherty and, 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 and as we study through Galatians with Mr. McMahon and that, the idea of unity. What is it? The idea of, 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 of getting along? Um, it's a commandment, but really, what is unity? Um, we look at Christian liberty in Galatians. What, what is Christian liberty? It's coming to a point where Love guides us because of our love for Christ. We're purchased by Christ, and we're free, and we're led by Christ by love. <clears throat> That's an amazing place to be. Christ unifies his disciples. Are we not all disciples here tonight? Right? We, we read uh, Matthew 28, go and make disciples. We're disciples with intention of making disciples. How is that made possible? Through our love, right? We are loved by Christ so that we can love others. We are unified as believers, are we not? I would trust that, I know I'm told never to assume that everybody in the room when you're speaking is believers. I trust that everybody in this room knows that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And the only way to have relationship with God is by believing that he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And by placing your faith in him, you are saved for an eternal hope. Christ unifies God's people. 
the body of Christ, his church. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. Al Cabral was sharing Saturday. But how much of an intimate love that is that Christ has, not just for each and every one of us, but for this, this group of believers, right? It's a love that unifies us. That is a love that us as believers have to belong to, is it not? It's a love we have to find ourselves to a point where we need it. Not just desire it, we need it. And that has been where, where my, my thoughts, my devotions, reports, and, and different studies has been leading. The, the love that we need and the impact because of that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we open your word, Lord, just give us, give us the clear, open heart that we need to see the things of you, Lord. Just help me to be clear in, in sharing my thoughts. And that uh, we'll all glean something there real important for our lives. In your precious name, amen. Now, with this being said there, when I'm getting into my studies, I don't really think along the lines of normal people. Colin can attest to that. I, uh, I come from a lot of different platforms of, of life, I guess you could say. Um, my testimony is a part of that. Um, I have been attending People's Church now for 13 months. It's, it's already been 13 months. That's, uh, that's scary but delightful at the same time. Now, this being said, how many here tonight would be comfortable enough to say that they know me? <laughs> okay, Keith would, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, how many people would be comfortable enough to say that they know my struggles so that they can help me? Okay. Now, you remember, I'm, I'm, I'm a student at NBBI. It's a very close-knit family, so we're always kind of in each other's faces, and, and that's okay because that stimulates growth. But this is family, right? We're, we're, we're allowed to talk like this, are we not? Because we love each other, right? How many people in this room would know my needs to disciple me? How many people, this is the last one, how many people would know my passion to direct me. It's pretty up close and personal when you put it that way, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> my person needs that. That's uh, me coming from my past. I need that. I need that connection. I need that love. I need that, that reaching out. <clears throat> I am not... Mrs. Emmy laughed in the office the other day. I am not a people person. I am perfectly fine wrecking stuff on my own, Rose. I'm perfectly fine off doing my own thing. You give me holes to dig, I'll dig it. But that's not who God has made us as believers, right? We are our, our need to, well, it's our need. We need that love of others. We need that love of family. We need that love of unity. And when that was placed on my heart, the studies through Ephesians and the studies through Galatians and, and the personal studies jump out that it's not about me, right? So I kind of labeled this little short, and I don't know where, I guess you call it a message. 
is love versus a personal love through Christ. We can love each other, but I think that's very different when we're loving through Christ. Right? That's on a, an intimate level. And, and, and that, that, is, that is something that completes us. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I shared a little bit there in, in, in service. about walking worthy of my calling and how far I've come in the past year. And it's not me. It's nothing to do with me. It's Christ working in me. It's being led by the Spirit. It's the love that surrounds me that I need impacting me. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 4 of Ephesians, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I'm looking over my life where I come in last year, and uh, there was a little game that we were doing with student council where um, we were having a supper, and, and you pick a little piece of paper up, and it's got something silly that you do in front of everybody. Right? Every time there's somebody, okay, mine, for instance, was every time somebody said a word with the letter X in it, I had to stand up and yell, xylophone. Okay? I actually took a slip this year. I remember my reaction last year when I even looked at that basket. I thought this was the foolish thing on the face of the earth. I come out here to study the Bible. I didn't come out here to play with kids and all their fancy little games. There was no lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, and there was no bearing with one another in love. <laughs> okay, yeah. I did not see the need that I had for the love of Christ in others. Right? And, and that's a dangerous place, a dangerous place to be. Verse 1 speaks of, uh, of walking worthy. I mean, I mean, this talks about our faith. It talks about our testimony. It talks about our life, our, our, our love. But we're not capable of doing that on our own, are we? Um, we're brought up, you know, people who've, who, who have fallen. Um, I mean, I can almost guarantee that everyone in this room has had a friend or a family member who has decided to walk away from their faith or decided to make decisions apart from what they know is right. We, we, we've seen them brought to that point. They know what is right. They know that they need the love of Christ. They know that they need the body of Christ. And yet they flat out choose to turn. I know in Ontario... Um, with Pastor Wayne, who, I guess, would you have been my pastor then? I don't know. I wasn't attending church. I was kind of, um, I was doing, I was doing my own. But I, I remember Wayne coming into where I was working. And I was like, oh, dear, here we go. Cause, cause <laughs> Wayne, Wayne was a very, I was, I was best friends with his son growing up. They built a house a quarter mile away, and he, his place was my escape from the farm. When things were, that was my free time to get off the farm, to stop working and go play. 
I wish I could go back there, actually. But uh, actually, I know I'm just working for him. <laughs> but I remember him coming into the job site, and he goes, Jeremy, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I got it all together, Wayne. I, 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 I got this. And, and Wayne's like, no, you don't. And he goes, all that's left now is we're praying for you. We love you, but we're praying for you. Oh, yeah, sure, I'd shrug it off. Um, I didn't recognize the need that I had for that love. But you know what? That family of God, that church, were praying for me. My son's mother spent two and a half months in Women's College Hospital in Toronto. And guess who came to see me out of the blue? I was living in my van in a parking garage while working at Canada's Wonderland so I could be there. Wayne and Sandy come in. And they said, hey, we're praying for you. We love you. They're not condoning what I did, but it was their love. That's family. That's family. And I had the unique opportunity at Christmas of going back and and sharing um, to a family. I mean, everybody my age, I mean, there's babies running around. Like a whole generation has happened since I've been gone in the last 10 years. And it's like, but you know what? They were praying for me. And, and that, that, that touches, that need. Three more questions. What if I was to tell you that by God's strength, on December 26th, I will have been completely sober of drugs and alcohol for a complete two years on December 26th? What if I was to tell you that my main struggle is the fact that I only got to see my nine-year-old son three times last year and that he is a babe in Christ. He's a believer. Um, he, knows, he knows Christ because of, of my mother and people that were influential. But he's being raised with no godly influence in, in, in his home. And I can't do anything about it because God has me here. That's a struggle. What if I was to tell you that my passion is to see people to reach their full potential and purpose in their lives? I like pushing, but I like seeing people developed in Christ so they don't end up distracted, discouraged, and ultimately destroyed. Right? That, that's my passion. I don't, I don't want people to feel the hurt that I have felt, right? They shouldn't have to. I, I want people to find themselves in the arms of Christ, in their arms of the body of Christ, and find themselves to a place where, where their need is complete. Knowing this, um, do you guys find yourselves able to love me a bit better? more personal? Or do we find ourselves to the place where it's too personal? Or maybe now that you know a little bit more about me, maybe we're approaching a little bit uncomfortable. Or maybe this is just awkward. That seems to be the, the, the <laughs> what is it, awkward kind of thing. But, but it shouldn't have to be, right? It shouldn't have to be. Because of our response, and our response is Christ.
right? And again, we're back to the family. It's the need. We uh, have the joyous occasion um, during one of Mr. McMahon's courses doing the disc profile <laughs> in school. And uh, again, a little bit more about myself that, that we're tying in to, to, to what I need and, and what I, I see in this loving family, right? This profile labels my personality as a high D. I, I tried to cheat the first. <laughs> I, try, I tried to cheat the first time I did it. I, I, I filled out all the different questions of how would you respond to this and how how would you take this, and and I turned it into okay, this is how much I've changed and this is who I want to be. So I colored in the dots, right? And I remember completing it, and I'm like, okay, great. I'm a people person. I'm patient. I'm loving. This is great. And I remember the, the girls getting a hold of it behind me and saying, no, <laughs> you got you got to do it again. The test tells me there that I am dominant, competitive, not always sensitive. I don't listen very well. Very persistent, persistent in getting my own way. And uh, are you surprised? I'm not just this quiet Mormon there that Wayne spoke about. I think the first church I was here. I am a work in progress. Now, this being said, you can pray for my fiance. Um, me and or Carissa and I are being married May 7th in Moncton. So I keep her in mind as and all. But again, we're back to the family, you know. The board of the school has allowed us to come back next year. So we'll be married in Moncton and we'll be living on campus, as far as I know. Uh, and we are going to need a family as a young couple, right? That is going to be a need that I'm going to, well, we're going to need you guys to love us. We're going to need you guys to unify us, right? And, and that's, again, we're back to need, impact, and purpose. In my mind, it just makes sense. That's, that's how I am. I mean, that's how that God says it. That settles it. Now I'm going to go struggle with it, right? It's, it's, it's just simple that way, is it not? Right? That's, that's, that's the purpose of the church. I mean, it's making disciples. Um, we were speaking about elders, leaders. That's how it works. So sometimes when we stop and we have to ask ourselves, why doesn't it always work? Right? Well, we have to. That makes sense in my brain. It's objective. Why, why, if it's not working, why isn't it working? We can't read these verses about loving each other without grasping what is jumping out at us. Um, I made sure I didn't read too much into this book because I think I would have ended up preaching from it. It is a very good book. I'm not promoting it or anything, but it will get you thinking as to how things are supposed to work from the heart first so that things function as God intended them to. It's not a book meant for pastors. It's a book meant for members of the body of Christ, believers. And uh, it opens your eyes to that need, not just of, of what we need ourselves, but the need of that person over there or that person over there or that person over there or even a need that we don't even know we're impacting as we just walk through because we're functioning through the love of Christ. It's personal, right? And you, in a world that is so anti-personal, 
Now, I'm not, well, okay, I am against technology, but with, with, with the cell phones and all these different um, units and, and, and things that distract us and get us going away from connecting with people, it's no wonder that we sometimes slowly see it seeping into church. Right, Mr. Thompson? It's, it's, it's becoming, I don't want to say normal yet, but, but it's starting... starting to creep into the core, and that's love. And if we can't see that now, I think we're in, we're in, in desperate, desperate trouble. First John chapter 5. It's, oh boy, I only got four minutes. Good night. Verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. We are justified, placed in the process of being sanctified, leading to our assured hope of being glorified for eternity with our Heavenly Father. Right? Justified. We're in the process of being sanctified to be glorified in heaven. Three huge points. At the same time, where do we fit into that as the body of Christ? How do we help each other? How do we, how do we impact each other through the love of Christ? We have to bring ourselves to that point. This is an intimate, powerful, perfect position in Christ where we stand. Seeing the importance of being personal because Christ is is personal. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15 to 19. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Do we wonder what that feels like, being filled with all the fullness of God? Do we, do we stop to really think what that looks like? I spent seven months in a Teen Challenge program in London, Ontario, which is, which is a rehabilitation center, um, which is... Biblically based, where it gives you a place where you get back into God's word, and that is the solution, because it's your relationship with God that brings you to that point of fullness of Christ, where you don't need anything else. That's the point of the body of Christ. The love of Christ, so that we can love each other, so that, that our needs are fulfilled. Right? And... 
I don't think it comes natural because it's through Christ. But it's when we're submitted and we're being led by the Holy Spirit, that's when we start making that outreach. That's when we start seeing that need. That's where we see that response that God desires from us for that person, right? Because it's the love. And if we don't respond, we're missing an impact. We're missing a need. And we're missing... We're missing a call to love each other. And that's what's going to keep this church going. That's what's going to keep this family going, right? And that's essentially what glorifies God, our loving obedience to him. Mr. Little, as he always has the, uh, the good statements, uh, made a statement last week, and he goes, if it's not God and you in your Christian walk, maybe it's just you. I added, where does that leave your family? I came to this body of believers last year because I saw Christ. Did Christ personally reach out through you? Again, remember I'm a challenger. But we have to be aware of the impact that Christ desires of us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these words. I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful body of believers. Lord, I thank you for family. I thank you for, for how you've changed my life and you've brought me and you've, you've directed me into this, the arms of this family. Lord, I just pray that we're aware of what's going on. We're aware of the need of unity. We're aware of, of supporting our leaders like Mr. Thompson said. and we're, we're aware that the answers come from you in your word, Lord. We thank you. We love you. In your precious name, amen.